1: I Am Dead is one of the games we'll be discussing this week on the IGN UK podcast. Joe hmm
0: how are you? Oh, I'm quite alright, thank you. Oh, you you reviewed that game called I Am Dead. I did, I but I'd like to make our friend Matthew Perslow not feel dead by... Jumping into that before he's introduced well, himself. Well,
1: I, I was going to introduce him. Well, I'm but- just
0: doing your job <laughs> for you, mate. You were too slow. <laughs> okay. okay,
1: Matt, how are you? Uh, definitely not dead. Good. Let's talk about I Am Dead. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> uh,
0: Joe, Yeah. what is I Am Dead? Uh, it is a peculiar game. Um, I think you could probably tell at a moment's notice by watching this trailer for this game. That it is an Annapurna published game, <laughs> it's got all the hallmarks. It's a bit nice. Um, it's colourful. It's a bit weird. Uh, it feels like their their stuff in a way. I think it's sort of. It feels like quite a, a neat sort of bedfellow with Edith Finch. It's a very different kind of game, but it has a very similar vibe of this idea of like investigating the world through the medium of people's deaths and afterlives in some way. Um, so I Am Dead is essentially... It presents as a puzzle game, and it's got one central mechanic, which is called slicing. You are a ghost called Morris, and you can look at anything in the world, or practically anything in the world, and zoom into it. And when I say into it, I mean literally into it. You can slice through it and see everything inside it, which can be completely inconsequential stuff like just how the insides of computers or toasters look which is cool and just (laughs) nice to look at or some things uh contain surprises or like strange hidden stuff or in the course of the story sort of keepsakes that link you to other ghosts on the island and the story of this game is basically morris lives on a fictional north atlantic island that's extremely british and there's a volcano on it and he gets told that the volcano is going to explode and they need to find a ghost to become the island spirit and live in it and so this he goes
1: go very on. nice i'm not gonna lie from the images i've seen in this game it just reminded me of balamori
0: it's got a bit of a balamori <laughs> vibe it has got a balamori vibe it's like sad balamori um, and it's not even that sad, but it's sad. What's sadder. the story in Balamori? Yeah, death. Yeah, some death. <laughs> um, but yeah, Morris basically uh, has to find keepsakes of people on the uh, who lived on the island and are now dead. Um, and by finding five keepsakes, he can summon that person and try and talk them into becoming the island spirit. Um, as a puzzle game, it's quite easy. So like the way you find those keepsakes is by jumping into people's memories by zooming into their heads um and then it basically just sort of tells you what the I- what the item is and then around that person there will always be the item so it's kind of it's very simple and you can get through it cutscenes and all in about 4 hours and I think when I was doing it I initially started off being like ah it's not quite enough here like it's not really doing it for me and then the more I played, and particularly the more I played after I'd finished the story, because there is other stuff to do, little challenges and riddles and things, um, the more I realised that it's way more like the creator's old game, ho ho than uh, I had assumed, which is basically... It's just some a nice place to tool about in and make things happen. You know, like you're just zooming in and finding little weird shit, like... <laughs> there's a there's an octopus that just lives in a random water butt and he's called i think he's called slippery dennis and it's like (laughs) there's no reason for it it's just really nice and you'll just occasionally you'll be zooming around you'll be like oh i wonder what's in this cupboard and then you'll find a thing in that cupboard and then inside that thing there's another thing and you can just keep zooming further and further and it does this nice thing where the soundtrack disappears and gets kind of more and more opaque as you get further and further into items and it's just a really nice little place to, like, tool about in. And so I finished the story in four hours, but I've, according to Steam, I've played nearly 13. And it's because I just keep going back in and finding all the stuff that I wasn't necessarily sure was there. Like, even yesterday, I... I, um... I went back in to get some extra capture, and then I found out I'd unlocked a whole secret area I'd never seen before, with, which, I obviously, I won't say what it is and how I did it, but it has a really nice little mechanic that's nowhere else in the game. And I was just like, this is fucking cool. Like, it's just... And I think the way the way I put it in my review is basically, in the same way as slicing, the deeper you go into that game, the more interesting it becomes. And not necessarily for being a game. It's just kind of a, like, a play thing. Um, It's really good. I liked it a lot. I think a lot of people will play it and go, what the fuck is this? And that's a totally valid response if you want, like, a straight-up game. (laughs) But if you want just like just a colourful toy, it's it's great, and there's loads to it.
1: It almost yeah sounds a lot a bit like The Witness about the puzzles in a way. She's it's got a bit of that. and I'm working out. I don't know if you're. Are you working out what's happened? So um, to speak? Or you- sort
0: of the the story the the central story is pretty much told to you. But the interesting thing is, so you're not. It's not open. You you don't fly around and explore like the witness it's not a first person exploration game but it is a you're put in an area with boundaries and you can go into bits of those areas and okay. look around but the interesting thing is that you realize that as you're playing the game each new level isn't just like a simultaneous place they are being set over time so you can track characters in every location moving across the island and doing different things in each scene and so you realize that there's actual mini there's Tiny mini stories that you can only ever really learn by just giving a shit, <laughs> rather than being told, um, and that's really nice. Oh, it's just really pleasant. It's just a very nice thing and very so relaxing. When you when you've got a title like "I Am Dead," I sort of,
2: I think you expect a very different thing to what I've learned. This game is, mm. but I want you to elaborate on the only real bit of in depth I've seen of it is. Crispy, crispy,
0: can you, can you slices. crispy slices. Crispy slices. <laughs> um, there's a there's just a man in. Um, <laughs> well, he's a fish man who lives in the harbour, and he just tells you a story about how he's obsessed with toast, <laughs> um, and uh, like that's part of the that's part of the main story. It's not like uh, it's not part of the main story in as much as it's Morris's story. But you just come across this guy whose memory is mainly about how much he loves toast, and it's because fish people only ever eat wet things, and so when they find really crispy dry things, they go fucking mental for them. Um, and that's the other thing to to point out. Like, it is an incredibly British game. Like if you've ever been to Cornwall or Devon or any of those kind of seasidey, like almost slightly run down, but in a really beautiful, harboury type way. Those places, that is what you're getting. Like it was very nostalgic of a few childhood holidays that I'd had. Um, but it's full of like, it's got a quite built up world background for why there is a race of fish people and all the tourists are like anthropomorphic birds and there's a uh, a local artist with an apple for a head and there's like a pear that smokes um, and it's like just weird little cartoon things, but it actually attempts in some way to kind of build a world around where the fuck those things are from. Like, it's not just going, oh, cookie business. It's like, no, no, no. The bird people are from a bit of Earth, and they come here <laughs> on holiday. And the fish people have always lived here, in fact, just as long as the humans have, and they have a whole separate culture that's grown alongside the Shelmiston residents' human culture. So it's quite bizarre, like, how much they've worked it in. It and, yeah, sounds a lot like the
2: sort of thing that would come out of Noel Fielding's head if he spent, like, more than five seconds on each <laughs> of his individual ideas.
0: Well, like, there is a lot of... You know that, uh, uh, Hohokam was much less narratively sound, but it had that, like, slight kind of background feeling that something was going on that you were interacting with, but you're not quite sure. And it has a bit of that to it as well, where it's just got this sense of, like, just accept it. We've built a place. Work around it. And it's, yeah, it's nice. It's very cool. Hmm. Is there a giant hand sandwich you can go into? Mmm... Any sandwiches? That's- there's de- there's, like, there's fuckloads of sandwiches. There's a lot of food in the game. Like one, it's not so much a collectible as just a thing you can notice. But like everyone's in one area has different types of tea, and so you find all these thermoses. But everyone has a different type of tea, and some of them are normal, and some are very odd. Um, and like that's quite nice. Like just zooming in and going, "Fuck is this guy got for his breakfast drink?" <laughs> it's it's nice.
1: Yeah, it sounds very chill.
0: It is for a game called I Am Dead,
1: it sounds very pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it sad though?
0: Um or is it it's ultimately bit, nice? it's bittersweet. There's very few okay. bits of out and out like depression and it never lingers on causes of death. Like I'm not even sure if you learn how anyone died along mm. the way. But the the idea is more just it's more about memory and friendship and love it's not really about like loss or mourning or grief or any of those things it's more just like how someone stays alive because other people remember them that kind of thing like it's got okay. a bit of one of those messages yeah. yes yeah it's slightly because
2: spirit, spirit fair is about the dead but it doesn't particularly dwell
0: so much right yeah i think that's kind of yeah it's it and it is yeah it has a it has a very similar vibe to that where it's less sad than spirit fair spirit fair is a bit more up front with how sad things can be um i think there's quite a concerted effort to make this a generally and genuinely nice experience and that's kind of fun yeah it's good i think donlan oh. puts it, it christian donlan donlan um <laughs> but he who is incredible if you haven't read his stuff he his eurogamer interview puts it quite well he compares it to i can't remember who it is but her in real life She had this sense that, like, when her husband died, she knew he was dead and he wasn't coming back, but she always kept a pair of his shoes. Um, and it's this idea of, like, there's some part of you that keeps someone alive even if they're dead. And that's the vibe of this game, if that makes some sense. I thought that was a really neat way of putting it. It's
1: very cool. There you go. Sounds
0: lovely. Yeah. Uh,
1: I reviewed a game this week as well. Did Uh, you? Big, big surprise for me. Uh, reviewed fifa what uh, what's one of I don't them know. i don't know it's one of those football games that i like uh <laughs> so that's why i play them uh
0: what do you want to know about fifa this year <laughs> uh i mean i guess the main thing that people will want to ask if they haven't come across anything about fifa yet mm-hmm. uh, does it actually make any big differences should it be called a season update It's a tough one, isn't it? Because I'm normally a defender
1: of the annual game. Like, the last few years, I think they've genuinely made big additions. Like, last year, whether you played it or not, Volta is a big addition. It's basically... It's almost a separate game, like, at that that point. And, like, they've added The Journey before, which is a whole single-player campaign. So I, I do always think that the traditional, you know, comments you get that, like, oh, it's just a squad update this year, it's like, that never actually rings true because... They do. Considering they only have a year, less than a year, to make these games, I think they do add a considerable amount. Whether well, you like what they add is a separate argument. I think um, this year is a bit closer to what people say, but they still have made genuine changes. Like I think the core, like eleven v eleven gameplay, is better than it has been in the last few years. It feels a good pace. They've, like, I remember two years ago. I think it was two seasons ago now that like no attacker could get away from a defender and it was just ridiculous like you just couldn't get away from it it just wasn't realistic last year they kind of went too far the other way and you just couldn't catch up with people this year they found a nice balance so like players like Mbappe or Sterling will run away from people as they actually do in real life but you know I don't know who's who's not very quick Troy Deeney he's not gonna he's not gonna sprint away from people big fan of Troy Deeney Matt I mean, he's got a great name. I like the name. <laughs> I'll
2: hang out with him. Probably won't have much to say to him. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know if I'd hang out with Troy Daney. But um, yeah, apart from that, it's kind of... Volta, they haven't really touched too much. Apart from you can now play online co-op with friends. Still can't play against the friend of Volta online, which is ridiculous to me. Um, it's not competitive you can't re- sport, I don't get that. <laughs> it's mad. Just like you still can't, unless you're in Ultimate Team, you can't play against each other in any of the house-ruled modes, which are the funny ones, like the mystery ball and the no fouls and people get sent off when you score and stuff like that. What's mystery ball? Is it just like it might be a football or it might be a ping-pong ball? <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> if they were just miniature balls or massive balls. It's um, So whenever the ball goes out of play, it changes what stat boost the ball gives so sometimes it's a speed boost to anyone who touches it sometimes the goal's worth two things like that mm. it's quite fun it's a bit random but again you can only play that coach ca- cou- uh, coach coach couch <laughs> co-op at the moment and you can play it uh, online but in ultimate team friendlies you can't play it just in standard FIFA friendlies unless I've got that hideously wrong but I can't see it anywhere Um but yeah that's just a bit frustrating but the big headline changes they said they were making this year were for career mode which like I remember 10 years ago like career mode would be pretty much all I played in FIFA I would have a career and I would generally put like 10 seasons into it and like build a team and it was really fun but like it's not an under like it's just I haven't touched it in like 10 years at this point apart from updating the UI which changed 5 years ago they still haven't changed that. And this year they have added things like the interactive match sim option, which is if you've ever played football manager, it's the bird's eye 2D view of the pitch. You can watch the match go. But then if you press square, you can jump into the match and it will transport you to the pitch and you're playing FIFA like you normally would. And that is genuinely impressive. It Within like two, three seconds, you're in the game and playing and you can jump in and out and in and out. And that is impressive. But as someone pointed me out to, I think it was... 2007 on, on the PSP you could do that hmm. in FIFA so FIFA do have this kind of history of taking things away and then a few years later going look what's in FIFA this year it's like it's the same you had and you take it away and bring it back and take it away and bring it back so it's, it's kind of frustrating but yeah it's just it's a weird one because it does play better this year I think than recent years but they haven't done necessarily enough outside of what happens on the pitch, mode-wise, to get excited about anything. I am intrigued to see what next-gen looks like, because they still haven't said anything about it yet, and they said it'll upgrade for free.
0: This is my question. Like, Why do you think they haven't said what next-gen is? I don't know. And and do you think they're actually... Because they're saying the reason they can't do smart delivery is because the version of the game on PS5 and Xbox Series X will be will be different and have features that the other one won't have so yeah. they can't use smart delivery so what uh, what do you think those features are going to be I have no idea like it's 4 to
1: 5 weeks away at this point like what, they've said because if it wasn't if they hadn't said there are things we do that we can't do I would assume it's just exactly the same just yes. a bit shinier
0: but because, I don't know what because it's not yeah. going to be ray tracing and stuff like that because we know there are games that can come out on smart no, no. delivery that have Visual improvements, so it must be no. there must be fundamentally different things. It's not things. a, n- it's not a new engine because they be would have said in you...
1: years to come. Yeah, do you? I'm just very confused about what it could
0: be. Just putting it out there. What if it's the Journey <gasps> Three?
2: The Journey is literally the only part before, of FIFA. Oh, did I they do three? At.
0: I think they did three in the end. Is it... Come on, I think they did three. Uh, okay, Journey Four then fuck it make it journey six let's do all of them like maybe i just want to see the journey come i don't know what yeah (laughs) i loved that it's so stupid
1: i tell you i don't know what it would be i'd quite like if they i mean it requires having friends who played it but what you've been able to do in madden for years in their franchise or which is what they call career mode is you can have like network like online career mode so like if i was a team in the premier league say i played as i don't know southampton then you could then play as everton and we'd have a career that moved along at the same time so we'd be in the same career mode but playing as different teams right but that's not a thing in fifa at the moment no which would be nice if you could do that because it's kind of you can do that for imagine that i ever really have but Mm. yeah in terms of next gen i'm just very confused as to what they're doing Mm. (laughs) it's remarkably unclear
0: it's very strange i don't know what's going mm. on over there
1: but i have been enjoying it and i've weirdly the last couple of days after my review went live been getting more into ultimate team than i have like since the first year it came out like, you're a sucker mate old, i look i'm not spending any money you better um, not be. <laughs> i've already lost 100 <laughs> um i remember when ultimate team first came out must be about ten, nine, ten years ago now. I generally really liked it because it was simple, and I liked the whole. I used to collect football sticks as a kid, and it
0: was kind of just that, like collecting players and playing with them. It now was it's like just, this absolute beast. of the to, thing. To it's me, like, it was like the perfect idea of synthesizing two interests of mine, which were football and Magic: The Gathering, which is like <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, the weirdest combo. But like, it had that vibe where it's like exactly. I can open a pack, and if I get a rare player, that's really exciting. In the same way. But then, yeah, like you said, like fucking. I know they've got rid of them now, but like fitness cards and like your players yeah. degrading and all this
1: stuff. And you just like. Well, it's just the sheer amount of different modes you can play within it. Like, I loaded yeah. it up and I was like, right, I can play this. I can play squad battles. I can play division rivals. I can play foot champions. I can play friendlies. I can play co op now. They've added to foot, which, I, again, if you've got friends to play with, I'm sure is fun. But, like, there's just. It's just so confusing and i'm sure there's people out there who just well i know there's millions of people out there who know it inside out and it's all they play basically but Mm. yeah it still confuses me slightly but yeah i am getting more into it i've got a nice little premier league team going i did some squad building challenges which are actually more fun than the actual football sometimes if you don't squad building challenges, that's like the puzzle type mode yeah they're basically puzzles so it's like your task is to have a Team with eighty out of a hundred chemistry, and you need to have eight different nationalities in it. But you're limited to like three different leagues you can pick from. So it's kind of you're kind of working with the transfer market as well to try and buy cheap players to do that. And then ultimately, all you get is a pack with more players in it. So they know what they're doing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. It's more FIFA. It's just I'm in, I'm enjoying playing it this year. It's just not the most radical, radically new one. I don't know by the time this podcast goes live if my Switch review will be live yet, but that'll be a completely different story. (laughs) (laughs) But I haven't played it yet, so I can't possibly comment on the Switch version.
0: You're Hmm.
1: suggesting it's going to be bad, Cardi's? Well, they have said they haven't changed a single thing about it apart from squads and UI. So... And they did that last year, and I didn't like it. So you can imagine what I feel this year. Um, but yeah, that's enough FIFA because it's FIFA, isn't it? I don't, I don't think people like hearing me talk about FIFA. <laughs> I do. But maybe I'm wrong. I love maybe it. I'm wrong. Do you know what people do enjoy though, Matt? What's that? Hearing you talk about. Dragons and stuff like that. Is that
2: is that is that
1: is that a confirmed yeah. thing? Have we had feedback saying I like it when he talks about the dragons? I like it when he talks about dragons. When he's terrified of eggs, and <laughs> when he's just downright confused by the size of a sandwich. I don't know if our li-
0: I don't know if our listeners have um, uh, come across this video. We were just introduced to it of a, a dental robot malfunctioning and looking like it's screaming oh, at young students. Uh, Matt fully refuses to watch it like he will not so that's a new that's a new character trait for matt hates the idea of a manufacturing (laughs) a malfunctioning (laughs) dental robot i had to endure quite a lot of dental surgery as a child i don't want to have to relive that but it's just a watch (laughs) if i said if i said to you check out this horrible video of a screaming robot would you watch it or is it just the dental element you don't? It's like? the
2: dental element, yeah. Like, They're not I had doing to have much more headgear and all of that. It was mm. not a pleasant
0: time. Lisa yeah. Simpson. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, that's a shame. Hmm. <laughs> <More laughs> we'll talk about though. something nice then. Yeah, like more, Baldur's yeah, Gate doesn't...
2: 3. <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3. Game that I'm sure any long term listeners, well, I guess medium term listeners, have not been here long enough to be an LTL. <laughs> Um, will know that I've been quite excited about and it's now out in early access which means it's incredibly buggy, nowhere near done but you get to play... It's it's, it's Act 1 but I don't know how much of Act 1 it is because presumably it will get some additions over time but um, yeah, you get to start from the start of the game you do character creator, you create whatever sort of D&D style character you want because it's based in Dungeons & Dragons and... You get to sort of like start a party, find new people and go off and do kind of the first introductionary sort of quests and stuff like that. There's quite a lot of it for an early access game. I've done maybe 20 hours of it. I'd say I've probably, I think if we talked about it like as a linear thing, I've probably done over half of what is there. But I've technically not done that because you can approach it in lots of different ways, regardless of whether kind of you're approaching it good or evil or anywhere in between or the way that you kind of want to approach that because it's a very branching sort of multiple path RPG. Um, But it is very good, which is what I'd expect of Larion. I didn't realise it was uh, going
0: to be quite so gross. Like I saw some stuff from the opening and Mm -hmm. someone ripping a brain out of someone's head and shit. I was like, fucking hell. Yeah, so it's...
2: D&D is one of those settings where it can be pretty much anything you want because Mm -hmm. there's obviously a certain amount of rules to it because it has a world that's built by the people that write Dungeons & Dragons, but that world allows for lots of different elements. And I think Baldur's Gate 3 is very good at... And the previous Baldur's Gates are good at this, but I think especially Baldur's Gate 1 is very traditional, high fantasy with a, a slightly dark side to it because it's about the god of murder but it is a very high fantasy Mm. sort of deal whereas um this is i mean it starts with you are being taken captive by the mind flayers which you might know off from stranger things they're the guys with the big uh squiddy heads um you've been taken captive by them and you've had a tadpole put in your eye, and that will eventually turn you into a mind flayer at some mm. point in the indeterminate future. Was it but
1: Dennis the squid?
2: Uh, no, no, because Dennis <laughs> sounds like a nice chap, but the mind flayers <laughs> definitely aren't. Yeah, you don't um, know that. But they do this while you're on their nautiloid, which is basically a giant flying sort of squid-snail hybrid that can plane hop, because in D&D, there is sort of a sci-fi element to it, where you, but rather than travelling through space, you're travelling through like the planes of existence. Hmm. Um, and they're being chased by, the, by a load of dragons, um, which then they hop through different planes of existence to try and escape from. And one of the planes of existence that you end up in is Avernus, which is the top layer of hell. Um oh, lovely. <laughs> which is where your sort of breakout starts. And the thing that's quite interesting about that is that's a lot going on in the first... 20 minutes of this game whereas you've both played Divinity Original Sin 2 haven't you which mm. is Larian's enough of it yeah yeah i think the one of the faults that you can put against both of the original sin games is they take a long time to get going because they've got that very classic you start on your own and you gradually slowly mm-hmm. learn how the world works and you build up and you you get your party and then sort of the interesting stuff starts kicking in towards the end of act 1 Whereas Act 1 of Baldur's Gate kicks off with this, like, you've been abducted, you're in hell, um, try and break out of this situation, kill the the the, uh, the squiddy boys that are on here that have taken you captive, and then that Nautiloid crashes back into Faerun, which is the classic setting of D&D. And then you're crash-landed and you've got to get your wits, find a group of people that have survived with you, and sort of work out where you are and what's going on um and so in which case i decided i was going to be an absolute evil bastard about it which is not how i normally play um the saves are going to be wiped uh so they've already been wiped for press because we got to play it a little bit before it came out um, and they wiped it when the game came out um so my character is gone now so i've got to build something new but i sort of decided because This save game will never see me through to the actual end of the game. Mm -hmm. I can never get past this early access. I might as well try and play very differently to how I normally would and see kind of what things get. So that's allowed me to where I got to before. I won't explain how I got here because I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I was leading an army of goblins by the end of my (laughs) last save, which is not sort of something that you. you usually do in a in an rpg so that's something fun you get an ogre who can throw barrels and they've got goblins in them yes please
1: that's very handy good for what, ca- um,
2: very handy for how sieges. did you design your character um so you've got a character like creation thing and yeah. what happens is is the first cutscene is done in first person and okay. then when they put the tadpole into your eye it goes into the character creator which is beautiful. Like La- I think Larion have always made quite nice looking games but they've never made anything on the cutting edge. Mm. This thing looks like a triple A game. Like the especially mm. the eyes the eyes are very very good. But yeah. It's, and it specifically sort
0: of... looks like Mortal Kombat 11 to me. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's fucking that. horrible.
2: What um sort of class did you go for what were their names? Uh, so I've got Um, what did i call him in the end i can't actually remember what his name was i'm not super attached to him at the moment but he is Mm. uh, a a drow warlock so the drow are basically dark elves they come from from in the in the southern dark regions of faerun (laughs) Um, and because i wanted i knew that i was going to play with him as a bit of a dickhead and he's a warlock so he's got uh patrons like sort of weird little not deities but kind of spirits that he calls on to do his work, uh, one of my main attacks is Eldrick Blast, which, you know, mm-hmm. all hearkening back to the Dark Gods. And then, yeah, you get... There's uh, maybe four or five different companions you get. You get Laizelle, who starts with you, who's a Giffyanki. She is very, very angry about this situation. A what? A GIF Yankee. They're a bit like... Imagine bat gremlins, <laughs> but humans placed. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know, bat gremlins. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Your typical background, yeah. You do sized. you do get the rest of them are more classic D D races. So you've got a half elf called Shadowheart. Um, she's a cleric. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a wizard called Gale. Um, a, a another warlock that you find called uh, Will, and then you've got um, Asterion, who is a vampire spawn. So he has been bitten by a vampire, but hasn't been sired. So he can't mm. actually be a full vampire yet. He's a laugh. He's he's not camp, but he's quite flamboyant. And he's got like that very... He's, he's the Tory of the group, basically. He's well Tory. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a What We Do in the Shadows sort of vampire. That'd be amazing. So he's... he has got a bit of that. Like He's not outright like disgustingly evil like, like a Tory <laughs> is. But he's got that kind of... You can tell the sort of house that he'd have. and Not that he can have it anymore <laughs> because he's a vampire spawn. So he has to live quite literally in the dark and the dank. Um, hmm. but then you start... When you've got that party together, you start learning all the little quirks that because it, it, it basically uses D&D 5th edition as its rule set. So, like, you can't... Asterion can't cross water because vampires can't step in flowing water. But, luckily, D&D has a jump key so you can get them to jump from stone to stone to get across rivers and stuff like that. And it's those... You know how in the old Monkey Island games you'd have the verb table, which was kind of Mm -hmm. like push-pull? So you've got that, and you can use those at any time. So Mm. the thing I quickly realized is that if you've got a strength build, you can just chuck stuff. So um, Lysel, she's built as kind of a warrior tank, so she can pick up my characters and throw them over enemies. So if you decide you want to build a flanking group, I just get Lysel to pick uh, gale up let's say and chuck him over a group of enemies so i can then flank from both sides but it's then using that in lots of ways outside of combat that becomes interesting so you can if you see someone studs on a balcony there's a shove button so you can go up behind them in stealth and just shove them off a balcony and make them crack their skulls on the way down there's a lot of Almost dishonoured to the way that it allows you to like, like think outside the box about how the combat works. I was going to say something some... that Divinity
0: did, but this for I think some...
2: does it with a different spin
0: for someone who uh likes to play all games as a nice man <laughs> you really do seem to have a lot of ways to be an absolute prick yeah. in this game you, uh, <laughs> like, have you just you been hiding to... your darkness under a bushel yeah. i've never I, seen someone smile so much
1: when they talk about kraken skulls yeah you, it's I just it. It, it,
2: it's the fun of kind of i the thing that i like about so i play dungeons and dragons as a tabletop game and the thing that i've always enjoyed about that is you've got a dm who if you're just like can i do this the dm will go well sure we'll work it out and we'll figure out a dice roll for it and this deals with that quite well uh especially through those verb things i've never been a, so for example a previous character the character i play at the moment was a dragonborn so they are like six and a half feet tall they look like dragon, basically. And I used to be able to do a dice roll with my DM where I would tear people in two, mm-hmm. which sort of broke the combat a bit, but he let me do it. Whereas you don't really get that in this because it has to have a certain amount of rule sets. But it is quite funny when you, you're you attacking someone that is quite tough, but instead you can just push them off a cliff, which reminds me a lot of how I'd fight people in Assassin's Creed um, Odyssey mm. where I'd just boot
1: bosses
0: yeah. off mm-hmm. cliff faces. Spartan kick.
1: Yeah. It's just like Avengers when I just, yeah, like, kick Abomination off a roof. So, really, Avengers is kind of a lot like Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, actually,
2: saying that, you can throw anything. So... I've had my characters throwing their shields like Captain America to kill people.
1: Of nice, course you have. that's of that's course, quite yeah. fun. Uh, well, when the Red Prince could kind of do that. Can, well, anyone with a shield can do that. Yeah, myth, but
2: in Divinity, that was an actual a skill, which was a you can throw your shield and it will come back to you. Whereas yeah. in Baldur's Gate, throwing is just something that you apply to anything in the world that's okay. not nailed down, as long as your character can has the
1: strength so, to do it. This can- is actually the game more than any that we could use. Ham sandwiches as a weapon by throwing them at people. If you can find a ham sandwich, in it... I and mean, there'll can... be
2: one. Like I remember in Divinity, there's potatoes but... at people. I mean, they <laughs> do a lot of damage, but
0: you, you could just you could like kind of cheese it <laughs> for want of a better term <laughs> um, by picking up some bread and some meat, which I'm assuming <laughs> both will exist in yeah, the yeah, game. Oh, they, though, they yeah. definitely do. So, so you, you could can... so you could dual wield that and then go <laughs> and then uh, dual wield sand- that, yeah, and, that, and you I hit them, like and then it's a sandwich at the other. Yeah,
1: basically, that's lovely. Can does it go as far as, like, the vampire character throwing garlic at him? Will that do anything? Oh, so <clears throat> in D and D,
2: garlic is not. So garlic is a thing in D and D, but it's not something that a D and D vampire is worried about. But like, mm-hmm. he certainly has a need for blood, and that's a part of the something that will happen in the plot that I don't really want to spoil. Well. If you know the game, you've already seen this because it has been explained before by, like, the developer diaries. But okay. basically, you can, at any point, you can take what's called a long rest, which takes you back to camp, which is where you can you can instantly heal all your characters through that. And also, so in D&D, um, spell magic is dealt with very differently to something like Divinity or Dragon Age you have to prepare your spells in advance and you can only use them so many times and so you would then go back to camp for the night to recharge those spells and re-prepare for a new day but um yeah you you maybe want to watch out at night if you're going to sleep in a camp with a vampire
1: oh it's a good rule of fun that yeah. uh it sounds good it sounds it looks from what i've seen anyway reducing it to its very core it looks a lot a lot like Divinity: Original Sin two from yeah. So it, uh, for
2: anybody that kind of played old school Baldur's Gate and wants that same game, it's just not. It's it it is made by the people that made Divinity, and it's actually made in the same engine, and it has a lot of the elements that are, they've sort of perfected in that. But the thing that's worth saying is, is that basically Divinity: Original Sin was built as the game because Larian wanted to do Baldur's Gate and wizards told them no who are the people that own the D&D license so they went off and built Original Sin 2 which was their idea of what is Mm. the ultimate D&D game that we could make just set in our own universe so it does use a lot of those same leanings it's nowhere near as funny as it's not got its tongue in its cheek and so You know how the battles in Divinity can go wrong very, very quickly because there's just fucking fire everywhere and someone split open a a gas canister that then causes that fire to explode and everybody's wet so whenever they step near electricity they (laughs) sort of fry themselves. It's nowhere near that complicated because it's actually using the D&D rule set for combat. So it's a lot easier to keep on top of it. But those verbs systems do allow you to still think outside the box. And then also you've got the dice rolls are a lot more pronounced in this as they are in the tabletop game, which dice rolls happened in the original Baldur's Gate, mm. but were very much hidden behind the scenes, whereas this embraces the fact that it's a and d game. So if you roll like a natural 20 in D&D, that's a critical. And so if your character is rolling a natural 20 in the combat, you'll see that 20 come up and the dice explodes to indicate that you've had a really good roll and quite frequently in you know how in a lot of rpgs like if your character is of a certain class Mm. it'll unlock a specific dialogue option Mm -hmm. so sometimes you get that but it will ask you to roll so for example as a warlock my character will understand things to do with warlock schools of magic which will give me the option to bring that up in a conversation. But that then relates to my wisdom skill, I think it is. And so if my wisdom skill is very high, the dice roll will require quite low or vice versa, which is very Hmm. similar to the way I guess Disco Elysium did it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is very, very fun to literally see the dice rolling on screen and you get the thing that I love from the tabletop is that moments of anticipation. It's like, am I going to pass this check? And am I going to pass it? with a critical which is going to help me through you know am i going to completely fail it and then what will be the repercussions of me pushing down this avenue and failing and when you consider how branching the paths are it's not just like if you think of something like mass effect kind of the paragon and renegade sort of paths there were just like you treat someone quite nasty or you treat them quite well that stuff does exist here but there's also as i said like by the end of what i was playing i had an army of goblins which i won't explain to you how you get to but that's not just like if you played it good you'd have an army of elves or something like that those are two completely different storylines and the kind of key to that first act is you're also trying to get this tadpole out your head so those are there are two completely different ways about going about that so the story branches in a huge myriad of ways and I'm actually quite looking forward to now I've got no save again replaying it mm. and finding a completely
1: different way of doing this nice well we've all been there with tadpoles in our head so <laughs> should be good I'm looking mm. forward to giving it a go if I ever a own a PC or B, it comes card, to isn't... it is it on Mac yeah in the early access Mac, not, well there we go uh I know, I might, yeah, I might well give it a go. That's a revelation to me, mate. I, <laughs> I just didn't expect it to be on Mac. Well, no, did I, but, you know, they. I think you know, it was two lads. days before launch, they were just like, yeah, it's on Mac as well. There we go. I'll give it a little go. Um, well, from one type of CRPG to another, uh, the Chinese role-playing game, Genshin Impact, which, I don't know if it's taken the world by storm, that's probably a bit too far, but it kind of just... I remember hearing about this game ages ago and then it's kind of. It's got 17 million downloads on week, mobile alone! Uh, I know. <laughs> it's free yes. to play, which I think is the key to all this. Uh, and a lot of people comparing it to Zelda Breath of the Wild. On first glance, I think it does look a lot like that. I haven't played yeah, it yet. I, I know, Matt, hours. you've played quite a bit. You've played a little bit, have you, Joe? Uh, yeah, what
0: uh, you think? it's on. Uh, uh, it's not Breath of the Wild, I'll tell you that. Um, it it to me, no, weirdly, I know it feels <laughs> you know, taking away the the elements of um gacha and and you know, like mobile gaming kind of structure. It reminds me of hmm. an MMO with no one else in it. Like it's structured it has that feeling of quests are very localized, they're very much based on like person with a subtitle under their name tells you to go to a place which leads you to a dungeon, which is a very short bit inside a place that is not connected to the main world. Like, it has that quite compartmentalised feeling. Um, But it's also... What it does steal, I think, from Breath of the Wild really well is the feeling of being able to affect the world or at least bits of the world in quite interesting ways. Like, it doesn't go as deep as the chemistry engine and all that stuff, but... It has this set of elemental powers that interact in ways that are obvious but quite satisfying because every character you pick up, at least in my experience, has an element attached to them, and I found out quite quickly you get a fire archer, and when she shoots the floor instead of people, it sets all the grass on fire, but then I can switch immediately to my main character who can create whirlwinds, and when air touches fire, it creates an effect called swirl, and that in turn creates like fire tornadoes so you can really fuck around with it and then you start realizing that some of it is useful in more ways than that so for instance my i, I unlocked a guy who can like make a big sweep of ice and that was allowed me to create platforms to go across rivers that otherwise I would have had to use stamina to get across so I could go further down rivers or across lakes than I would have been able to otherwise. And so you start, you start thinking of the world in a more sort of malleable way than an MMO would usually let you do without kind of mounts or flying and that kind of stuff. And I think that's really cool. Um, I do, I know it's not going to make me unlock everything in gacha style, but it is already bothering me that that's there um, while I play it. I don't know, like, Matt, I think you've played more than me, so I don't know how much that's kind of affected you on the way.
2: Yeah, so I'm at what's classed as adventure rank 14, which is kind of like the your characters have levels, but there is this overarching thing, which is its gating system. Basically, you can't do things until you hit a specific adventure rank. Um, and so far, I've, I have unlocked gacha boxes, but I've not used real money for it because it, it's chucking currency at you like there's absolutely no tomorrow like every day you log hmm. in it gives you premium currency every single thing that you do the reward for it pretty much is currency um there are, are, you, are you at the point where you mm, put, put your just got there. yeah yeah, so and and that's a very MMO idea, but you get dailies which is five quests that you can do every day in a similar mm. way to how like Avengers has got it as well. And that gets you premium currency. And basically the best way is just to save all that up until you can afford to buy 10 gacha boxes because if you buy 10 there is always yep. going to be something in that set of 10 whereas if you buy them on their own like the chances of anything dropping. And I've had two what they class as the there are four-star and five-star characters. I've had two four-stars. They're quite nice, but I think the one I got out of it was a guy called I think he's called Razor, and he is a better electricity character than the than Lisa who you get given as part of the campaign. Um, but like, I don't think it's so far I've played. I don't think it's necessary mm. to have those characters. It's just nice,
1: but. um I mean, Razer yeah, I- did just make me think of Robot Wars and now all I want is some oh. sort of Robot Wars RPG <laughs> where you unlock robots and just, very I don't know, go around and destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, what I ha- I, so I don't at the moment, the Gacha stuff isn't bothering me in the slightest. I just kind of quite like the game that I'm playing. I can already sort of see the plot ahead where, because I think it is very generous in that it feels to me it's got, it's a chinese built game but it feels like it's a it's a full jrpg is in there i think there's like a prologue a main sort of section of the story and there'll be a conclusion i do get the impression that what it's building to is like how avengers does is it wants you to do lots of dungeons where you're going to be increasing these characters and importantly your weapons level up and it does that whole destiny thing where you get loads of weapons that you think are shit and you melt them down and you put all there energy into the weapons you do like to build that up and i can see that the further you get into that probably the less currency it will give you and the more it will want out of you through gacha i'd imagine my interest Mm. in the game will have massively exhausted by that point but for what i've got at the moment which i say which i think is quite generous in terms of the stuff that you're getting for free i like i like that it feels There's a lot of people I've seen on Twitter just saying, oh, it's a Breath of the Wild clone, and I absolutely agree with you, Joe, that I don't think it is. I think it takes Mm. the idea of a Breath of the Wild world partially through the fact that it's got that very visually lush, verdant sort of open world that's very pleasant to walk around. And it does the Breath of the Wild thing where there is something to see around every corner, but it's not like there's a shrine here and there's a puzzle here like it's not Mm. there are puzzles but they're very very light in the way that they do and quite often fall back on combat but i do like that i keep seeing chests and like oh there's a chest over there i'll go and defeat five of their equivalent of the bokoblins which always (laughs) work in exactly the same way as they do in zelda where there's a bigger one and a little one and i like i i love the elemental side of it i think that is is great that really works for me but all of that is fitting into what I think is a very traditional JRPG structure of there's a there's a big ancient evil and you get a group of people together that have all got big eyes and they're very, very hopeful for the future
0: and you do stuff oh, with them. You've got Paimon. a sidekick called Paimon who is... I mean, yeah, that's yeah, exactly Paimon what I thought, but she's, <laughs> she doesn't appear to be similar to the Paimon from Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> she's
2: like uh what's the I can't remember what's the character that hangs around with you in Twilight oh, uh, Princess it's a bit annoying, with the hat on.
0: Yeah, she's yeah. She's a fucking she's, shit she's that, about
2: basically, but she's got a f- Yeah, yeah, high pitched voice and I've got to the point where I'm I'm fine with her, but at the start it was a bit grating. Um but it's got it's that element, it's very, very JRPG, which I because obviously I tend to play final fantasy over dragon quest and i think it falls more into the dragon quest thing so if you love anime like i think this side of the story will be really your sort of bag whereas i prefer my characters with Mm. a little bit more kind of groundedness to them but Mm. there is still something about this game where i do log in every day and even if it's just doing a little bit because it's as you say joe because it's compartmentalized i can either go off and do a main quest which has led me down to some really charming avenues. Like, my main quest at the moment is to do with, I've met a girl called, I think she's called her and she is the best cook in the second region of the game, but she's in the first region of the game to find new ingredients. And she's having a massive cook-off with the best chef from this region. And so we're going around finding nice things to cook. Oh, yeah. Yes, there is a cooking mechanic in the game, as there is from the Zelda side. And so that's really charming, and she's got a panda that can set stuff on fire. But it's very clearly done. She is what? Mm. She is available in a gacha box, I think. So it's like you meet her, but you'll never get to play as her until you get Mm -hmm. her in a gacha box. And you've got like Jean, who's the head of the knight's order that you join, she's in a gacha box. So it does this thing okay. where you'll meet cool characters but I have you to won't say like, the thing
0: basically I basically pay off th- ignoring but- the predatory nature of it which is obviously hard to do I do really like the idea of an RPG like this essentially going like yeah there's fucking I mean there's only twenty characters in it at the moment but like fundamentally you're getting to like dynasty Warriors level of number of characters where it's like oh are you bored of that character fuck it there's tons more like it does not and i really like that line of thinking where it's just yeah you're going to play this for if we if we get our way you're going to play this for 100 hours so why don't we give you as many ways to Mm -hmm. play as we can along that journey and i think that's cool as shit yeah and and they play
2: very differently as well kind of like as we said i don't know if we've made it quite clear yet so it's a party based rpg but your party aren't on the field with you you play as a single character imagine link but then you press left, right, up, down on the D-pad to swap between your party. So if you do do, as Joe has explained about the fire thing, you would have to play as Amber, I think is the fire archer, and create the fire, then swap out Mm. to your other character who can use wind um, to do that. But I swapped out Lisa, who is a caster, and she can do like an AoE where she creates a circle and then a lightning strike comes down i've swapped that out for i think he's called razor and his ability is he creates a giant electric wolf that can sort of strike out at people and there's another one that can create an electric raven that you fly around and every time you hit into things it electrocutes them so they Mm. are all very different from what i can see and that's quite cool
1: yeah we we said before it's obviously 17 million mobile downloads but it is also on ps4 and on pc Mm. they sent them to switch Switch. yeah no i don't think so and they're also planning
0: next gen stuff as well so like it will be everywhere except xbox they really don't want it to be on xbox um but Mm -hmm. yeah i'm like Mm. (laughs) i think it's kind of like that's the thing particularly on switch i think it's just a really interesting miniature time sync. i actually don't know if you have to be always online so whether switch is a difficult thing um but uh Uh, yeah it's like i'm kind of glad it exists even if it might portend evil things for the future of the industry but in and of itself it doesn't seem too evil right now (laughs) um the interesting thing i haven't spoken to anyone who's gotten towards the end of it yet and i'm really interested in how it ends because they've talked about it being a live service game and they make very clear that the world has seven regions but you can only go to 2 in the entire game right now and they're developing the third. So does the story just stop or is there a bespoke ending to this story that will then be continued in other regions and stuff? Like I'm kind of yeah. I'm fascinated because Destiny has a, had an ending when it came out and then they added new endings and new campaigns. I don't know whether that's going to be the deal here. Yeah i'd
2: rather it was the destiny because obviously with the destiny when destiny 2 Mm. came out you got the red war which was the story about the you know fighting the the, that sort of cabal and then the next campaign was you had different enemies and there was a different problem to solve Um, and i'd much rather it was like that because i mean i can't see me going a million hours with this i think i'll play probably quite a lot of it because i am getting a kick out of it but I'm I would like to mm. get to a point where I can say, like, I've done now and like I'm never gonna buy you gachas, so I feel like I've had my fill of your mm. free quite well put together game that I didn't
1: give you a cent for. Well, you took God's too busy that playing true, that we, we haven't do. played Avengers together in Ages, so well hopefully you know, hopefully Kate, Bishop's on out on soon, that, yeah. Kate well, Bishop out soon. Well when, when Kate Bishop, Bishop comes out yeah. I've yeah, got, yeah, got, but a you guys got a one got a one fifty have you? Come on. I'm sorry. Yeah, some of some us have two Alright. <laughs> yes. Well, I haven't been playing my gacha games, but you know what game I will be playing? The Endless Search.
0: Inside, is the UK AJN
1: crew? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the ones and tools, We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. What's the DJ we're coming through? Yeah, yeah, and the ones and tools, we got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is the endless search? Matt, hello. Did you remember to do a quiz for us? Yeah, I've got good. Because that would a, have been a shame if you hadn't <laughs> <laughs> got a mammoth Four. edition of Go on, name them. A mammoth. Ooh. Good. Uh, this is rare. I don't I think, think me and do. Joe actually face off very often. So mm-hmm. no, scissor mm. uh, could get heated.
0: Could yeah. be blood. blood.
1: Definitely tears.
2: So I actually quite like. <laughs> this was one of those things where we we definitely got. Who was locked in to do the podcast this week? So it, this one's definitely
0: tailored that around games I know that you've in played. In terms of my approach to this <laughs> game, I am so my brain just locks up completely.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for anybody that has never witnessed us playing Go on, name them. The rules are basically: I will have a topic of which there will be a set of things in. So, for example, it might be the Avengers. Name everybody that's in the Avengers. There are six of them or whatever, and then Cardi would say, well, I know I can definitely name two of them, and Joe might say, I can definitely name three. Cardi doesn't think he can name three, so he asks Joe to bid off. If Joe can do it, he gets the point. If
1: Cardi Matt's correct. It, Cardi is a fake
0: Cardi Avengers fan. He only knows two Avengers.
1: Yes, I, I could only name two Avengers. That is my limit. <laughs> <laughs> What's the green Keep one? Green. Look at the
0: green one.
1: So... Uh,
2: pretty much all of these the bar 1 have got lots so mm-hmm. you do have quite a big pool to pick from okay so starting with four guys mm. as we all know season 2 is out now um but you've all played season 1 so i want you to name what you can of the mini games in four guys hell. there are 24 of them in season
1: 1 24
0: i what? who's going who's going first Rippied this Okay. Cardi.
1: No. Oh. The good thing is I just played a little bit today for capture, so I've mm. got a few in my mind. <laughs> 12. I'll start with 8. Oh. Oh, 14. Oh god. Come on, Nate. right. Cardi 14. I'll take it I'll slow, play. okay? Seesaw. Uh, let's have a look.
2: Yep, Seesaw is on here. Fruit shoot, fruit shoot is on here. Hoops a daisy, Uh, hoops a daisy is on here. Hoarders is on here. Hexagon, Uh, where have I seen? Yep, hexagon is here. Full mountain, Uh, full mountain is here. Jump club, jump club. Why why <laughs> did I not put these in fucking alphabetical order? What the dickhead <laughs> Uh Where where
0: Jump I believe jump it is club. real
1: Command F, control F. I'm gonna have to do it. Yes, I've got jump club. Okay, okay. Jump showdown.
2: Yeah, I'll let you have it. Because they're sort of the same, aren't they? Jump Club and Jump Showdown.
1: No, one's they the are final. They're different. different events.
2: Are they slightly different? Okay. Yeah, yeah
1: one, on. the platforms mm-hmm. fall off. Uh, tail Tag? Uh, yep. Team Tail Tag? Yep. Uh, Royal Fumble? Yep. Uh, yeah. or, so, sorry, these are just Season 1. Yep, just Season 1. Dizzying Heights? Yes uh that uh gate crash yep and oh, you've run out of time
0: sorry <laughs> roll
1: out <laughs> and, Is it ultimate is it roll out or roll up uh, roll well out
0: i should have yes. jumped so i yes. knew i could do that's so all i Card. was trying to do was put as big a number as I thought was reasonable that you would go beyond. I should have gone to 16. I reckon you still would have gone further. Yeah. I don't know. I might have pushed you there.
1: We'll never know. We'll never know. I would not well, have as been you able said, to go anywhere near that. Yeah. It, it, as like you I said, said them, it does I'm help. Like, I did review it. <laughs> yeah, I know
0: that one, but I would never have remembered its name if you hadn't literally just said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay right
2: okay Cardi gets the point next one in the best RPG Mm -hmm. of last year Disco Elysium Um... the protagonist has available to them 24 different skills
1: I love that we're doing all the games I reviewed here this is
0: brilliant
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: how many of the skills available to the protagonist can you name J- Joe first,
1: wasn't
0: he? No, no, no. They no, oh, were twenty-four. Twenty-four. Twenty. What are you <laughs> 20. Twenty-four 20. of them. Yeah. I hate this. um <laughs> Seven. Fuck. <30. laughs> Yeah, cool go on Um oh. right. Physical <laughs> instrument. I, I Calling your bluff. Savoir Physical Faire. instrument is there. Um, Savoir hmm, is, is, is definitely there. Lose it. uh um, oh, what's the one makes his tie talk to him? Um, <laughs> I genuinely think this might be my oh, esprit <laughs> de corps. Esprit de Croix is there. Let me like the go for all the most. French ones. <laughs> um, they, they stick the out. Either. Either. There's the physical instrument. <laughs> oh, what's the one that makes you annoy? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate this. Are you counting um, ancient reptilian brain? Yeah, I'm just making sure it's not one of no, them. No, because that's someone that not, talks not, to you, isn't included it? included somehow. Yeah, no. Why did I choose seven, you stupid bastard Scrabbles. um <laughs> Nah, I think I'm done. That feels too long now. I'm done. Yeah, I got three. Three? Is that what you... You're thrown in the towel at three? There's to be honest, I would just struggle. such over. good names, but they're so weird. Like seven. Inland I Empire! I can remember, like, Inland <laughs> Empire
1: and Logic. <laughs> mm, so... <laughs> the, the, the
2: set would have been logic, encyclopedia, rhetoric, drama, conceptualization, visual calculus, volition, inland empire, empathy, authority, a speed de core, suggestion, endurance, pain threshold, physical instrument, electrochemistry, shivers, half light, hand-eye coordination, half-light.
1: perception, reaction speed. Half light's the one that makes you naughty. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Yeah, mm. that electrochemistry. Is a, when you say them all, they all come. Cool. Yeah. Flood back. I can't, can't believe I've been done point. by so done leads. by my own.
0: I took the coward's way out. Guesses, uh, guess numbers twice now. <laughs> it's a defeat for tactics.
2: <laughs> right, okay. Next yeah. one. Scott Pilgrim. Good one, Ten that. years old. The film was this year. Um, Within the uh, the story of Scott Pilgrim, Ramona Flowers has mm-hmm. seven evil exes. How many of them can you name? Do we need first and last name? I would like the last names, but if you can just do the first names, then that's fine.
0: I can definitely two. two. Oh well, mm, I don't want to give anything away. I can definitely okay three.
1: Hmm. Okay. Hardy. I think I'm stuck okay. on three, so I'm not going to risk four. Math, it's the, I can see Patel. them all in my head. It's just
0: the <laughs> name. Cocky cock! Um, yes. Does he say that to Matthew Patel or does he say, does he say that <laughs> too <laughs> Gideon Graves?
2: Uh, and Lucas? Yes, Lee. Gideon Graves.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and then there's Lee. the so yes. those
0: were the Ka- three I The Katsuragi <laughs> twins, but I can't remember their can actual remember names. I can't remember what the twins were call- Are they Kyle and yeah. Ken? Um, Kyle and Ken. Can't remember Lady yeah, Orgasm on the back of her knee. Roxy Richter. Uh, Roxy who's the Richter. Other one? And then the
2: last is Scott Ingram.
1: On? Scott Ingram. Oh. Is, that, is he the vegan? Yeah, he's the vegan. vegan. Yeah, that's do you ever hear his second I was, name? I don't. know. I'm just going to check in the, the film. Be will be gone. Scott Pilgrim. I'm sure it's Scott.
2: <laughs> yeah, there we go. Because he, he's um, it's Brandon. Roof. I was just, just looking up who Scott. played him. It's Superman. Brandon Roof, film, yeah. yeah. I
0: so, so family, I'm, I I'm glad because I got I got <laughs> the, go. the Two, three one. I could literally get, so I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah, those we were go. the annoyingly the three I had. But there we go. Right. Okay.
2: So I've. Ch- so nice. uh, that's three. We've got five rounds. So um, next one. I know you are yes. both fans of well, that old I'm, Warzone, I'm aren't you? Because like Cardi's that.
0: played yeah six times as much Warzone <laughs> as I have.
2: <laughs> so we're in season six now. Okay. So this is related to season five, which you've just come out of. There are 14 oh, assault rifle blueprints in that game. Blueprints? So those are the guns? So, so these the are guns. the named lootable <gasps> kind of weapons. They've <gasps> got to be the assault rifles, otherwise we'd be here for fucking hours. assault rifle blueprints. So the ones that were new for Season 5? So or... they have to be Season 5. So, yeah, for example, like in Season 4, one of my favourites would they the have been ones... the dirty work, are they, which do they come, the yeah, with pick all of up the stuff off the on.
0: floor. Right, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are, yeah. Uh, so these are all classes the lootable blueprints, which I think is they are all the ones that you can pick up. Because I think yeah, if they're yeah. not lootable, they're the ones you get in the battle pass. So these are oh ones that god. are considered lootable.
1: Assault rifle blueprints, not even the actual weapon. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Well, the yeah, weapon the names pick are off, the, Pick the up blueprints, off the floor. are they? Uh-huh. So, so if, yeah,
2: if you see a weapon on the floor, like I could say, like, in Season 4, the dirty work was the foul, and it would be called hmm. the dirty work when no, you pick it up. but you, you can't work. just say yeah, foul. Yeah, yeah. No, no, because that's no, the weapon. Yeah, yeah I yeah. want the actual, the yeah, like, the that's... special name of the gun.
1: Mm-hmm. There are 14 of them. I'm just trying to distinguish which ones we're new. Well,
0: it's uh, yeah, it's it a joke first a bit, isn't it? Is it? No. Yeah. I kinda of remember which ones are from which season, that's the problem.
1: Exactly, <laughs> that's the
0: one
2: One from Joe Cardi, can you name one right? Do
1: I do I risk that he says one that's wrong? <laughs> there's there's a yeah. lot of guns, but I don't know which ones were actually new for that Which blueprints were new? I think I know one, but I'm not even sure that one was new. And again, uh,
0: do you know Just for I the hate, fun of it. I hate that make you've Joker done this to one. me. Because I'm Jerry. not even sure it's the right name. Never mind the right <laughs> blueprint from the right season. Because the names are so <laughs> shit. um. Well, I'm guessing between two as well. Go on, then. Is it? No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm actually. Because you can't pick those pause. up in-game. Um... <laughs> Is it called the traitor? <laughs> yeah. <think> <laughs> yes! Yes, Joe! <yeah. laughs> the traitor is one! <sighs> was there to- was toxic waste oh, in You could have had. Your options oh, that's were. a submachine. The one. Gun.
1: Uh, toxic waste SM, is not. That's an SMG. Mm. That is the Bison.
2: The Black Cat, the C- CDL Champs 2020 M4. Oh. The Jaboa, the Motherload, Jeboa was moon, the one I was
1: going to... I thought Companies that was available Knight, before.
2: Fractured, Grand Rapids, Mortal Coil, Temhota, oh. the Thames, Johnny
1: on the Johnny Spot, on the spot I Pratt, always laugh when we find Johnny <laughs> on the Spot.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, je- I'm absolutely well, delighted devilish, Matthew, with the two, I'm very go. happy.
1: With one left. <laughs> to all. Oh, when I first said that, I was like, yeah. Name the guns, I'm like, got this, 30 of them, done. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Okay, final round, this is the
2: tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. In Hades, there are 25 characters who will provide you with a keepsake should okay. you yeah. keep them sweet with a bit of ambrosia.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How many of the 25 can you name? Cardi. 14. 16. Joe. Ooh.
0: 17 <laughs> Ooh, You dirty little dog uh, 18 <laughs>
1: 19 <laughs> Go on,
0: Eamon That was me ah, fighting God. against Here my own ego Right
1: So Thanatos Thanatos is definitely in there I'm just going through the room Thanatos. Achilles Achilles is here. Uh, Hades. Hades is here. Cerberus. Cerberus is here.
0: Eurydice. Eurydice. It's Eurydice. Uh, He's got it wrong. Yep. He's it's added yep. an S on the name. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm yeah. let-
2: pronunciation Eurydices. is fine. We don't all, we, we don't all speak Greek. <laughs> Nix. Nix is here.
1: Uh, Meg. Or Megara? Yeah, she's here. Uh is that sorry, se- is that seven? Hold on. Eight? One, two, three, four,
2: five, six, seven, yeah. Seven. Cool. Skelly. Uh Skelly's here.
1: Uh, Charon? Caron is here. <laughs> <laughs> Euripides? Oh Euripides, where is it? Remind me who Euripides is. Um, oh, no, that's Euridice. Is that the singer? No, Euripides is in there, isn't it? So, Euridice and Euripides? Or I'm if I had made a hideous error. No, I was, it, go- I was going through them, then I was going to do all the gods. No, Euripides! <laughs> Cardi, I think you fucked it. Let me just make sure I do. Euridice
0: the singer! Oh no,
1: I thought Euripides.
0: Eurypide... Euripides is an ancient Greek tragedian. Um, tragedian! I oh, know. He wrote so- 95 plays but he never ah, gave ah, you a fucking keepsake mate. Right, let's for, let's forget that happened.
1: Zeus, Poseidon, Athena, Hermes. God, Cardi, you fucked it. You know what the rules are. Athena, Hermes. <laughs> now, I'm forgetting it ever happened. Zeus. <laughs> uh a- uh Aries. Um <laughs> I mean Artemis. these are all here. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just and then, May to be honest, I probably would have struggled Euripides, with the last one anyway. Euripides, running out. Euripides, the ones Euripides died in 406 BC in Macedonia, there's but some of those died
0: right now, motherfucker, in this podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's uh, some of those you wouldn't know until... I think there's even a couple I haven't even met yet, and I've played a lot of it, so some of them might be spoilers so don't say them all yeah. the easy one that I thought you would go is <laughs> yeah. Hypnos
2: considering he is literally
1: the first person and you, you, know. say, uh, so you, you didn't say freak and, and a- d- him.
2: yeah where's Duesa <laughs> well, I
1: couldn't remember the name of Ducer. I, I was, unbelievable I had the little green, green little thing cor- in my cor- head, head. Cork on. yeah but I, kidding, gods, but I went for a harder one first. should have gone in first who, is, who am I thinking of, I, then? Like, which
0: Uri- which person, though?
1: Eurydice. It's like Eurydice's... Orpheus, um, yeah. Orpheus.
0: Orpheus. Blech. Oh, mate. Oh, well. There we go. Joe gets it. I get it. it
1: because by I got one
0: <laughs> Warzone blueprint. That's how I won that game. What a brilliant game. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, there yes, we please.
1: go. Shall we have some feedback... Oh, it's me first. Uh, this is from Chris W. Says, good. hi guys, glad you're not dead. So, that's hey. good. Yes, please. Uh, Ari, the sandwich chat. So again, we need to, to reintroduce why we're talking about giant ham sandwich? Um, well, in last... Well, two weeks ago, actually, there was another Disco Elysium-themed ender search question which involved a giant ham sandwich. And of course, at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com, we want your... <laughs> Giant sandwich stories and fucking breakfast radio them, so bullshit. Sorry, the sandwich chat. <laughs> 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 I used to work for a bakery and learned that the lads on their night shift would pack a load of sausages into the tin of bread dough and put it through the oven to bake. <laughs> after th- <laughs> after twelve minutes, they would get perfectly. Sl- get a perfectly sliced and baked loaf with sausages sliced throughout. They tasted amazing. A few even made their way out to Absolutely shops. Absolutely insane. Only found out when customers if I came complained. home with a I don't know if sliced complained.
0: white bread yeah. and it had sausages all the way through, like, packed in, I'd, I'd buy more. I'd go back to that bakery and I'd buy that day's stock and I wouldn't tell them why.
1: It's almost like... Um, it's like Charlie in the truck Factory. If you find the sausage and it's in It's just a bread, bunch of lads the, on a night shift
0: shovelling sausages into bread tins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like, you're tied down like Clockwork Orange style with your eyes open. Oh you have to watch and do it for seven hours. <laughs> That's my vision. Um, anyway, oh, uh, Chris says he worked at Fox's Biscuits and discovered and <laughs> discovered that it's an oven. Of course, it can, can cook in the
0: biscuit ovens. Chris, you you you've charmed us with an amazing story, and then you've told us that ovens work. <laughs> uh, but um,
1: I assume in these these sausages were pre cooked because twelve, 12 minutes, minutes in the oven is oh yeah, twelve sausage, minutes.
0: Well, maybe bread bit, ovens are well twelve hot. minutes for the yeah. bread.
1: That's true, actually, yeah. But are they cooking all the way through? I don't know. How would you imagine this is, then? So they're all just kind of in... Yeah,
2: like, laid lengthways in. You know, so like you,
1: gala... like you know, like a gala... You know, like, gala pies have an egg while way through a long kind of egg. Yeah.
0: I'm imagining just sliced up like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: A giant egg. Yeah. Um, that is quite good, actually, because you just cut that. A little bit yeah. of ketchup in between. And yeah. That's it's a, quick like a sandwich.
0: Yeah, it's like a sort of Jackson Pollock-style sandwich. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Mm. Don't but get me right it wrong. It's absolutely mental.
1: That would yeah. be good, wouldn't it? Crispy so you got toast, like crispy slices, but with meatiness in the middle. But, th- but then, wouldn't the sausage kind of like drip to the bottom of your toast and then potentially be dangerous?
2: You How should never
1: put. You should never put like buttered toast it in. The becomes toast too because,
2: delicious. Because the. Electric. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what the fat content of the sausage is. Like, if it's I mean, a, I'm it's only eating fatty, fatty, fatty sausage. sausages. I'm not
0: none of your lean mm. sausages for me. Uh, all right, let's move on. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, this that comes was, from Andy uh, He says, hello you lovely bastards That's how he spelled it Couple of quick bits of feedback <laughs> Firstly, foods that people like that I hate Mint chocolate, mint, great Chocolate, awesome Mint chocolate is a fucking abomination I disagree, but good on you Secondly And this is a bit random, but stick with me I'd like to tell you a little story about when my nine year old Had just turned seven That's a, I mean <laughs> That sounds to me like they were nine one day and they regressed two years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He had begun to really grasp the concept that, that the meat that he was eating was in fact formerly a living, breathing animal. This didn't sit right with him. Over the following few weeks, he kept asking every time we had dinner if it was meat and which animal it was from. Slowly, he stopped eating more and more meat. This was fine. (laughs) <laughs> one day he got a bread loaf we had it to complain <laughs> uh, This was fine as we could Simply give him a vegetarian option The problem was school dinners As as we weren't there to help He was struggling to choose a meal and was worried that he might accidentally Eat meat One night I explained to him that if he simply told the dinner ladies That he wanted a meal without meat They would give him one I picked him up the next day and asked how it went Good he said, brilliant I said What did you have? A ham sandwich Oh, I responded I then had to explain to my little boy, who was desperate not to eat animals, that ham was, oh, as you're probably already aware, from pigs. He was absolutely fucking devastated. What? And I like the idea of the, ch- the seven-year-old child <laughs> saying that. I am absolutely fucking devastated. <laughs> he walked out of the school gate fighting back tears. I was absolutely gutted for him. The dinner ladies didn't fuck up. He just didn't ask and guessed at something he didn't think was meat. Now every time I see or hear a ham sandwich, it breaks my heart. He doesn't finish there, to be reminded of the poor little fucker's teary-eyed face. It was nicer before. I know this feedback isn't about the biggest ham sandwich, but all the mention of it last week gave me a mild case of PTSD. Side note, it's two and a half years later and he's still a veggie, and so are my wife and I now. Thanks for the podcast, Andy. That's genuinely inspiring.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, what I would
1: say is, you know, the ham sandwich itself may not have been giant, but the shadow (laughs) it's left over your family is huge. So (laughs) there we go.
2: Right. Mm. Moving on to one from Cal, who says, Hi all, Cal here. I'm a newish listener, but have fallen in love with the podcast and look forward to listening each week. This question is inspired by two things. The first being, I believe, Dale's nostalgic story regarding playing Tony Hawks in his youth. I, too, played these games within an inch of my life and still haven't found all the gaps in the originals or in the excellent remake. The second was the announcement that Demon's Souls is also getting a remake. Over the last few years, we have seen some outstanding remakes, such as Crash Team Racing, Spyro, and Tony Hawks, to name a few, that are true to the originals and really do spark a sense of nostalgia. Most of these games... most of these are older games, almost 20 plus years, and some are a little bit younger with The Shadow of the Colossus. But now with Demon's Souls getting a remake, developers have started venturing into the realm of PS3 games. As a 90s child, I love the fact that we're getting to experience many of these great games again, but personally I think it's a little too soon to be remaking PS3 games, although Demon's Souls is a great place to start, where many of these still hold up well on the PS3. So my question is, do you think it's too early to be remaking PS3 or Xbox 360 games uh, for the next generation and if you could choose one game from these consoles to have remade what would it be? Mm. PS even though it still still does play really well I would love to see Dead Space make a resurgence and bring the USG Ishimura and its inhabitants back in glorious.com Keep smashing UK. it! Thanks and uh, uh, Just want to it. point
0: out, just before we start mm. well, I've seen it a little <laughs> bit but I haven't seen quite enough people signing off their uh, emails with uh, <laughs> um, stay safe and for Christ's sake respect the sea I just want to put that out there, I do want to see more of that Um <laughs> To your point, yeah. Cal, um, <laughs> I don't think it's too early to definitively be remaking games from the lo- from that generation. It's more about whether the game no. actually needs it. Because like, obviously we're getting to a point where lots of these games are playable on new consoles, particularly Xbox side stuff. Yeah. But Demon's Souls was a hard game to mm-hmm. get even when it came out. Like, uh, Lots of people couldn't get it. And PS3 is notoriously a bit weird. And if PS5 isn't being PS3 backwards compatible, it is about to be impossible to play. So I think that's quite reasonable to be remaking it. Like it feels like a good candidate in that regard.
1: It looks yeah. like we're getting Mass Effect. I mean, there's no. It's a remaster no, it's rather than a remake. But that's cheap swirling and swirling. Well,
2: that's a remaster, isn't it? So yeah. for me, my answer to this question is. I want, I mean, I'd love to see all of Mass Effect Remake, but the one that I think I would love mm. a proper remake of is Mass Effect 1 because it's it's feeling real janky to play these days. And knowing what you could do with, like, because if I was going to remake it, I'd go the Final Fantasy 7 remake route. Like, I'd want surprises. Mm. I don't want just a straight up remake of that game. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of what you could do with how we can do branching narrative now, I'd love to see. A, a, a proper remake of Mass Effect 1.
1: My one would be, it's kind of a cheat because it's kind of half there already but they've got the engine they've got the world to do it, I mm. want Red Dead 1 in Red Dead 2's game basically in that engine uh, they've basically got most of the map already in the game, not being used unless you play online, but yeah, that would be my one just because it's one of my favourite games and I mean, yeah, the original actually looks and plays okay still, so it's not in desperate need of it, but more for of, a demon souls so
0: reason of just, I wish more people would play this, and I think they would now. Binary Domain. I fucking love Binary Domain so much, and now that people Ooh, yeah. actually know what Yakuza is, hearing that there is an insane Blade Runner-inspired Gears of War shooter from the people who made Yakuza. Oh, mm-hmm. come on. You'd get people... With a French robot with a bandana. With a French or, robot. And a guy called Big Bo who shouts at you. <laughs> or... Oh, yeah, Burnout's a good a one. Burnout.
1: Three. Burnout Revenge. Yeah. Get oh, Burnout bu- back. That's what I want. Yeah. They're doing Need for Speed. Is it What's, Hot Pursuits? Was there yeah. a Burnout on Xbox 360? Yes. Do Burnout. Yeah, paradise? They've done that one. I
0: don't yeah, that Yeah, Paradise for 360. 360. Give us. Yeah, old ones. Yeah, I want Revenge or Takedown. Give me an old one.
1: Yeah, give us that do two in one yeah easy. come on that's... <laughs> it's just easy just make them what happened, you know just do it yeah No, uh, uh, oh, yeah, was well, fun thank you I'm for another myself. good podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, music it's got lovely music but I don't know how I'm easy it, it will be to music. track down
0: what's the is there a good track in FIFA Ooh. this year is there an iconic FIFA track
1: Oh uh, yeah, I'm not. You know, I don't really like the the, the popular music
0: that's these things. <laughs> what about that? Um, uh. To 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 be uh, respectful to the bread, what about that song? Oh no, it's not from Shooting mm-hmm. Stars. I thought there was a song called Sausages in Shooting Stars. There isn't, is there? I think Adam. Oh, I think Adam Buxton did a song called Sausages, which is no, good, but is it's not thing, as man. not as fun.
1: Not quite the same. How about? I'm not going to lie. I didn't listen to last week's. Did we? Did we play the Robert the, Warburton's uh, advert? I don't know. That's not funny, um, even though is it? The, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll it's decide this secret. later for <laughs> you. Like, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Let's just enjoy. What are just going to play silence ourselves. That John Cale song <laughs> where there's no sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Bye. Day. Anyway. Goodbye. Hi! Ah, here's the cue for the toast. Oh, the fish folk love toast. Mm.
1: Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny
2: new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like
1: Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut.